I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The 11 to 1 show. Could the secret to weight loss lie in your ear? Hmm, More on this after Billy Ocean. Billy Ocean, when the going gets tough. Sinead Brazzle here with you to ease you into your midweek. 86 658 if you'd like to get in touch. Now, forget your cabbage soup or your keto diet. Oh yeah, I have just the thing now. Well, hopefully, hopefully I have just the thing to uh, curing the middle-aged spread, which let me tell you, I am sporting. It's, you know, I'm headed towards 40, so I could use some of this, right? Could this work? Could the secret to weight loss actually lie in our ear? So, new revolutionary invention. A clip that tickles a nerve in the ear could be the secret to losing weight. So, they're suggesting this research that zapping the vagus nerve with a mild electric current. Now, uh, how mild? Is this going to be like, a you know, that they zap the rat in like a laboratory situation when it keeps going for the chocolate although look at maybe desperate measures needs to be need to be <laughs> taken for the likes of me so you get a mild electric current sends a signal to the brain that your stomach is in fact full curbing the appetite so a trial is undergoing as we speak 150 people uh, are taking part in this and uh, they are obese and they're go- it's going to see if this is going to help them lose weight without drugs or surgery and you know this is quite the issue in Ireland one in four adults in Ireland are classed as obese and 37% are overweight, are overweight. So treatment usually begins with advice, obviously, on dieting and increasing physical activity. But, uh, you know, there's lots of stuff on the market now. There's a lot of controversy around weight loss, drugs and things like that. But this is what they're developing at the moment. Could this work? Oh, ear tickling therapy. That's what they're calling it. I don't know, though. I mean, a mild electric current doesn't sound like a tickle to me. But anyway, uh, they're saying it involves attaching this clip to each ear to stimulate a branch of the vagus nerve. Then uh, this, this is the major nerve that you know runs up through the chest and uh, neck and into the brain and it kind of controls everything from taste and swallowing and all that kind of stuff. So they're saying this vagus nerve stimulation has become a powerful treatment for epilepsy apparently and depression and they found in animal studies that doing this can trigger weight loss, sending signals that trick the brain into thinking the stomach is full. Desperate times call for desperate measures. I'm saying sign me up. As long as this is imp- approved and good to go, sign me up. We've got to do something. We've got to do something he- ahead of the 40, you know, <laughs> the 40th approaching. I would like to see, could this work on me? But there you go. I mean, you have to wear them, though, on both ears and then it's connected to a battery. Like, I mean, it's not going to do anything for you, your looks, but, you know, it'll stop. it'll stop the eating. There you go. It's... Amazing what they're coming up with in this modern world, all this new technology. Ear tickling. It's the key, apparently, to weight loss. Ashley Cole. 
Ariana Grande one last time. This Friday I am going to be live, coming to you live from Drogheda Credit Union in Lawrence's Street and they are holding a very special event this Friday. It's an age-friendly event and I'm delighted I'm going to be chatting to their age-friendly ambassador, Mr Gavin Duffy. So he's going to be updating me on all the new initiatives that are going to help older people live independent lives and I'm also going to be chatting to Drogheda Credit Union's age-friendly advisors as well and I'm going to discuss any queries that people might have. There's going to be refreshments as well throughout the morning. Also, there's going to be a chance to spin and win with the many great prizes up for grabs. Always a fun morning. So don't uh, miss it this Friday from 11 to 1 in Drogheda Credit Union. Now, on the way, she has done R&B, dance, pop, now she's trying her hand at country and she's absolutely nailing it. I've got music from Beyonce on the way for you. The 11 to 1 show. Is there anything this woman can't do? Seriously, she has become the first black woman now to reach the US number one spot with her country song. It's a brand new single. It's called Texas Hold'em. Here it is. I'm loving it. Beyonce, Texas Hold'em. And she has gotten the seal of approval from none other than Dolly Parton. She's endorsed her country phase saying, I'm a big fan of Beyonce. Very excited that she's done a country album. She says, uh, congratulations on your Billboard Hot Country number one single. I can't wait to hear the full album. So this is going to be the second act uh, of the Renaissance. So uh, Renaissance Act 1 we had in 2022. This we think is going to be this, the Renaissance Act uh, 2 that'll be released this year. But uh, look, what what can I say? Beyonce, everything she does is just incredible. Absolutely amazing. Will you wish Kevin Boylan in Brookville in Drogheda a very happy birthday today? I absolutely will. Kevin Boylan in Brookville. Hope you're having a fantastic birthday that's coming in from your son Robert. And we're going to dedicate the four of us just for you today. There's the four of us with Mary. Remember the name, Theo Connolly. Remember this name, right? Because this guy is going to be a huge star in the fashion industry. He has just won a top award at the world finals of the Junk Couture competition. He's joining me in studio next. The 11 to 1 show. A budding fashion designer from Dundalk has picked up a top award at the world finals of the Junk Couture competition for his stunning creation, Le Nouveau Rich. Uh, Theo Connolly, he's a six-year student from Dundalk Grammar School. He travelled to Monaco last week to present his creation, which was made entirely from waste, get this, at vaccine centres. And he presented his design on the stage, impressing judges and picking up the Ready to Wear Award at the Sustainable Fashion Competition. And I'm delighted to have Theo in studio with me now. You're very welcome. How are you getting on this morning? Doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Grateful to be here. Congratulations. You must be on cloud nine at this stage, are you? Oh, absolutely. Like ego is bigger than ever. You know, I'm just loving it all. It's great. really is. (laughs) And talk to me about the competition, first of all, now, for people that are not uh, familiar with this, what is Junk Couture all about? Uh, Well, for me, Junk Couture is just a great chance to be as creative as possible. You know, it's really, it's surrounding about fashion and recycling waste. But I see it more as just, you know, you're throwing the kitchen sink at it. You just have to be creative. You have to push yourself out there. And it's all about being renewable and finding ways and improving 
upon yourself. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And and I think that that sustainable element is, is really important. But mm. also, like you say, it is this moment to just be completely creative and go outside the box, which you absolutely did. I mean, this this creation is definitely not in any box. So where on, on earth did the idea for using waste at vaccine centres, how did that turn into this beautiful creation that we've seen in Junkature? Uh, well, I'm lucky enough. Uh, it was donated to me by a vaccinator. Uh, she came up to me and she said, you know, we've so much waste here and it's all going straight to the bins and we, we don't want to do this. This is just incredibly wasteful. And I immediately jumped at the chance. Oh, my God, what an amazing thing to use because we are still in the middle of the pandemic when yeah. she donated it. And from there, I kind of worked backwards. And originally the design I wanted to do, I I was inspired by the 1920s. Oh, I was yeah. inspired the flapper by, kind of era. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was also really inspired by kind of medieval wear, weirdly enough. Like oh, yeah. Knights and chainmail. Uh, but I kept reading, reaching like dead ends with that. You know, I wasn't... I wasn't as inspired as I should be. But then I was lucky enough to be donated a wedding dress. Oh. Uh, and that completely changed everything. So from there, I wanted to stick with that kind of medieval vibe. And I thought, what a better use to kind of incorporate all my materials than a plague doctor. Yeah. So that's where the mask comes from. And you know, and it's a little nod to COVID oh, and yes, everything that yeah. we've gone through. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, but I'd say like the whole creation is really a thank you to those medical like workers. Uh how lucky we were and how mm. grateful we should be for them. You know, it's really a hats off to them kind of design. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's so much going on in here because as you mentioned, the, the plague doctor, but also you have a nod to, is it, there's a portrait of Marie Antoinette yeah. as well, isn't that right? Uh, Marie Antoinette and Chemise, I think it's called. It's just this gorgeous painting. I love the Rococo era of yeah. fashion and history. It's just, I think it's a well of inspiration for me. Uh, but especially this painting, you know, she's draped in this beautiful white chemise and she is just angelic almost in this portrait. And I wanted to kind of recreate that in my own way. Uh, and that's really why, you know, I, I, if you have seen the pictures, I've got white body paint all over me. I'm this yeah. white monster on the stage. <laughs> uh, and that's, you know, the nod to Marie Antoinette. Yeah, her. well, actually, as you say that, it's definitely this duality. It's like, it, it, as you say, that you've got this kind of monster element, but it's definitely but cloaked in mm. white, oh, which is yeah. something that, you know, I love that sort of contrast between the two things. So how long did this take to, to create? Uh, months and months mm. of work and like it was really grueling work but for me I loved it because it really solidified to me you know I this is fun yeah. I like this uh, so each little bead I, th I think there's over 2,000 beads overall wow. in the design and you know I had to go in with a hot iron to each and poke four holes into all of them and it that was that is painstaking oh, work yeah yeah grueling work <laughs> uh, and then you're spray painting them and sewing them all together but I just, I loved every bit of it. And it was just each bead was almost like, yep, love this. This yeah. is it for me. Okay, so you you were like fully invested. So where does the waste aspect then from the vaccine, is that where the beads come into play or yeah? Yeah, those are the beads that you see in the gown are all the lids on top of vaccine bottles. No way. Uh, and if you look closer at the gown, uh, I have like an almost, how to describe it, like a overskirt. Yes. And that is the needle caps. So, that, you know, I really wanted to use every bit and bobs they gave me. Yeah. It was like, it's just so interesting, such interesting materials, really. Yeah. yeah. So, and the fact that this becomes a design that somebody can wear. And I have to say, what I loved about this as well is you decided very much to keep it gender neutral, didn't mm. you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, a big thing about Junkature is you can either work in a team or by yourself. And I'm very arrogant and I had an idea <laughs> and I wanted to do it by myself. But apart 
coming with that, I knew I had to model it. Okay. So I wanted immediately a mask. I yeah. knew I wouldn't be going on stage without one. But from there, I wanted to keep it something, you know, it's it's more an art piece than it is a gown. Yeah. It's something, I didn't want you to look at it and think, oh, woman's dress or yeah. just, that's a little, like that's an 18 year old boy in a dress. Yeah. I just wanted you to appreciate it as its own. Yeah, no, it definitely, it doesn't come, like, uh, it, it completely nails that. It really did, because I didn't realise till this morning that it's actually you in, in the actual piece, as you say. And it's not, it, I think a dress is going to really undersell it. It's it's a work, it is a work of art, absolutely Thank you so is. Much. Thank so you. talk to me about each stage then of this competition, because this is a really tough competition, isn't it? Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, I can't underestimate it, I overestimate it enough. Like, you are... First you submit and I think the year I entered there was 80,000 entries I think worldwide now. Yeah. And first you get through to regionals. Yeah. And like that is a big deal on its own getting through to regionals. And uh, for my year uh, the next day they just jumped to finalists. Okay. And when I tell you I've never been so happy to be a finalist in something it was just I was through I was over the moon. Uh, And from there we went up to uh, the Three Arena Mm -hmm. and gosh, it was a long day now. You're there in 10 hours and I was there in full drag. I had platform heels on, white body paint. (laughs) It's a gruelling day of work, but really enjoyable. And from there we had our 10 finalists chosen. And gosh, I like I was just over the moon. You know, I was thinking to myself, like, I've made it. I can't go any further than this. And especially with the girls who were like chosen as well. Like, yeah, it was strong bunch of people. Oh, the, the talent that went this year was really, really strong. I think Ireland has really embraced this competition oh as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, uh, I think that's what's so amazing about this because it's people you'd never really assume would be like this creative or yeah. throwing themselves at it. And I think it just brings out such... I, I don't each design is so unique yeah so it's so no, personal yeah and there's no way people can copy or anything like it's everyone ha- takes their own inspiration and the great thing about the competition is as well like the world is your oyster in terms mm-hmm. of what you can you can put at it so then when they announced that you're going to Monaco how did you react? Oh my god Monaco <laughs> uh, like a little boy from Dundalk making his way to Monaco is a huge deal uh, I was so overwhelmed and it's a beautiful part of the world, really is. Uh, I just, I enjoyed every second of it. And I'd say the Junkie Tour team made every moment fun and enjoyable and just great for the whole team, you know, it was, it was great. I loved it. So uh, in terms of going forward in your career, obviously you're in sixth year at the moment, just a little leave and start just to get out oh, yeah. of the way. But he's worked, so you've worked so hard on your portfolio. Your portfolio has gone in now to, to different colleges. Fashion is what you want to pursue, yeah. Fashion is the end goal. Uh, I've always had an interest in it. You know, ever since my mum brought me in shopping with her, uh, I kind of knew, yeah, this I like this. But with John Couture, it really solidified it for me. You know, this was such an amazing chance for me to try different things out and realise, yeah, I love sitting down for eight hours sewing a little dress. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and fashion is just the goal. A dream of mine would be start my own company, my own brand. And fingers crossed it happens. Well, it's a great launching pad. I mean, was there people there in Monaco, like important people in the audience that you got to meet? Uh, yeah, well, luckily enough, we all got interviewed by the judges backstage. And, uh, you know, there's some people who've been on the cover of Vogue, people amazing. who are journalists. It's just, it's such an amazing chance and such a, like, as you said, a leaping pad for me. Yeah. And luckily enough, uh, the Junk Tour team and Deloitte have invited me to uh, Belgium. Amazing. For a conference where I get to show off my design to more and more people. Like, it's just, 
this is really a once in a lifetime chance and I couldn't be more grateful. And t- when you take it on and off each time, like is you have to ov- obviously be super careful. Like is it e- hard to transport like to even now on a, on a flight and things like that? No, and I tell you, I, that poor dress, that poor gown, <laughs> I fling it into a suitcase, the mask gets carried and we carry on bag. Uh, and like, I'm very lucky. It's all hard plastic and a wedding dress. Okay. It's easy repair. Like it's easy to move around. Like, uh, I know some other girls, they had to post their gowns out on a mannequin. In right. A oh, God. OK. Because well, they, they don't want anything to happen, obviously, on, in transit. OK. Uh, well, for me, I just flung it in the night before and <laughs> walked my ass out the door, you know. And, and in terms of, as I mentioned, their uh, career and going forward, obviously, uh, to the future, obviously it's fashion. But have you anyone that's like up there as an influence in terms of a fashion designer? Is there a house you'd love to work for or anything? Uh, Scaparelli. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, they have that unique kind of out there designs, don't they? Yeah, They're yeah. so creative. And I find what they have, a lot of other houses kind of lack. And it's just because they're so artistically focused. Yeah. You know, you see, I see it more as it's a creative institute rather than a business. But other than that, I have to say uh, the women in my life, you know, I've been so lucky to have been raised by these glamorous women, my granny, my mother, my aunts, they all have these amazing personal styles and they've really deeply influenced me. Oh, that's fantastic. And you're going to take that influence, no doubt, with you. We have to mention Granny as well, because Granny was a big help, wasn't she? Oh, absolute. Now, I'm free to say this now because they can't (laughs) take the trophy back. Uh, (laughs) But me and my Granny, we worked together on this gown and a huge shout out to her, uh, Miss Clodagh O'Callaghan. She is always been a great inspiration. She's the reason I got into sewing and really kind of fueled my artistic, uh, my love for the arts. So thank you, Toa. Well, I have no doubt that Junkachor is just the start for you, Theo. We're going to remember your name now when you're up there with your own designs and your own your, for Paris Fashion Week and London Fashion Week and all the rest. I wish you every success. And I think all any college that you've applied to is going to be very, very lucky to have you. Thank, thank you, you so much for, for taking the time to have a chat with me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Back to the music now. Here's John Lennon. John Lennon with Imagine. We'll be going back in time very, very shortly. And it's the world of music, 1983. The 11 to 1 show. Now it's time to go back in time. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 Going back to 1983 and U2 released their third studio album War featuring the protest song Sunday Bloody Sunday and it was their first number one UK album. And today is Rare Disease Day so this is held on the last day of February to raise awareness about diseases that most people will not know of as well to imp- as well as to improve access to treatment so it's rare disease day today LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drada, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie Mr. Paul Brady, crazy dreams. Now, crazy dreams to crazy words. We are going to be chatting to author Grace Tierney after 12 and she has given us an absolute doozy of a mystery word this month. Now, people familiar with this, uh, basically what it is, is author Grace Tierney joins us to talk about the interesting origin stories around words we use every day and words we don't. And as always, she gives us a mystery word and today's 
Am I even going to be able to say this? Quaker Wadger. Okay, so let's spell this. Q-U-O-C-K-E-R-W-O-D-G-E-R. Quaker Wadger. What are we thinking this is? This sounds like an absolute roll dial made up word, but it's, it is a word. So what, how this works is I need you to tell me what you think that means what does it mean? Without Googling, we will know if you Google. 086-1800-658. The funniest answers are nearly the better with regards to this, okay? So Quaker, Quaker Wadger, Quaker, Q-U-O-C-K-E-R, Wadger, W-O-D-G-E-R. Off you go, 086-1800-658. We'll be talking to Grace after 12. The 11 to 1 Show. Yes, she's landed us with another mystery word. Author Grace Tierney is going to be joining us very shortly. Quacker Wadger. What do we think? Q-U-O-C-K-E-R. W-O-D-G-E-R. Wrong answers, really, is what I'm looking for. What do we think the meaning of that mystery word is? Without Googling, off you go. 86 658 on air, online, on your smart speaker, this is LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. Abba, SOS. I definitely need some help because this is has to be up there as the wackiest word that Grace has given us for the mystery word. What do we think? And you're coming in on 86 658 Barbara said it must be the sequel to Roger Rabbit. Quacker Wadger. Right. Yeah, OK. Has he gone mad maybe in this one? Quacker, like mad or yeah, crazy, something like that. Is it a crazy invention? Willy Wonka could have made uh, for making his chocolate. Yeah, you see, I, I'm going with the Roald Dahl option on this as well. The Quacker Rogers has to be something that it's a Roald Dahl-esque thing. Yes, I'm liking that idea. Uh, a lodger that doesn't pay his rent, says Flame. <laughs> He's a Quacker Wadger. He's not paid his rent. Yes. OK, I'm on I'm on board with that. That's brilliant, Eamon. Keep those coming in. 086-1800-658. Now it's time to check in with the world of celebrity. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Max. Adam Sandler is reflecting on the physical challenges he had to handle for his role in Spaceman. Here's what he said. So I had to drop like 25. I hated that. And then I was... <laughs> then I was uh, in wires almost all day long. I didn't love that, but uh, I like Carrie Mulligan. She was cool. Oh, they dig into you. They, you got some weird little thing around here. They attach to that. Then all of a sudden they pull you up. You're floating and people forget you're up there. They're talking about things and you're like, we got to get going, everybody. I'm, I'm up here for a long time and it's digging into your sides and it's, it's um, everyone else probably is good with it. I just have some weird body. Ariana Grande has spoken about transforming into Glinda for Wicked, which drops later this year. She says, I've never wanted something as badly as I did this. I trained every single day. Everything about me I had to deconstruct to prove to them that I could take on this person. Josh Brolin has spoken about writing poems to Timothy Chalamet on the set of June. He was speaking to Good Morning America. When you're an older actor, okay, and you're looking at like new, young, great talent, I get excited. So you sit there and you're seeing Florence Pugh or you're seeing Zendaya or you're seeing Timothy and I get excited, especially people who work hard. So I'm sitting there writing because I don't have a scene that day and I'm, <laughs> and I'm writing these nice things and then it turns, you know, and then the internet grabs a hold of it and they think that I want to... <laughs> 
<laughs> make out with Timothy or something. That's The Buzz. I'm Max. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. There's Code Align with the one. Lots of you getting in touch to see what is the meaning behind Quaker Wadger. Well, all of this and more with Grace and Word Foolery next. It's time for Word Foolery Wednesday. Word Foolery Wednesday on LMFM with Grace Tierney. Yes, it is time for our feature where we learn about the interesting origin stories behind words we use every day and words we should use more often. And as always, the fabulous author Grace Tierney is on the line. How are you getting on, Grace? Hello, I'm I'm feeling fabulous now. Well, good, great to have you back. You've caused a conundrum and a you know bit of a we're in a spin here on 086-1800-658. As you rightly know, you deliberately picked this <laughs> word to bamboozle us, didn't you? I did, yeah. Has to be done. (laughs) So for people who missed this earlier on, our mystery word, as always, we have a mystery word that Grace uh, finds, I don't know where she found this one, uh, the back of beyonds of a dictionary. It's called Quaker Wadger. Okay, so Q-U-O-C-K-E-R W-O D, as in D for dog, G for goat, E or. What do we think this means without Googling 86 658 I will say I'll definitely have a book for you. I don't know what the book is, but I'm going to rob a book off Jerry Kelly and I will give you a book. Anyone that can, you know, the wrong answer we want really to 86 658 So we'll come back to that one. So first of all, though, Grace, we I'm thinking I'm very kind of, you know, in a Madonna mode now with this one. Vogue. <laughs> I had a feeling you'd go for the Madonna reference, all right, Chad. Don't worry, we'll get to Madonna. She comes into it a little bit, not very much. Uh, yeah, Vogue. I, I came across this one, I can't remember, a few weeks back, and it, it was in the context of a court case. So it, it was an unusual one, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So it arrived in English in the late 1500s, and even from the very start, it was for being in the height of fashion or popularity. So something was trendy, it was in vogue. Mm. And it was a direct borrowing from French, which seems appropriate because they're quite fashionable. They had the same meaning, same spelling. But in French, they also had a second meaning for it, uh, the swaying motion of a boat. Because in in old French, the verb voguer meant to row, sway or to sail, which was all to do with being on the water. And apparently there's even a French expression, vogue la galère, which means row the galley, a galley being a type of rowing boat like a Roman galley, um, and that urges us to keep on no matter what happens. So if things are going badly this week, vogue la, la galère means keep on going, just get okay, through it. Okay, yeah. It's kind of interesting. I love those uh, when they're different in different languages. Yes. I think they're fascinating. Um, so it's not really clear how vogue moved from moving on the water to sweeping down a catwalk, but it does predate the famous fashion magazine by centuries as it was first published in 1892. So it does go wow, back quite a while. That is a quite a while, yeah. Yeah, and it's nearly 100 years later, in 1990, Madonna re- releases her song Vogue, which I quite like, and she popularised the voguing dance moves thanks to her very iconic video. But she didn't invent the dance moves, oh, which I didn't know either. Yeah. They came from Harlem ballroom dance scene in the 1960s. Wow. So it was kind of a throwing shapes kind of thing, and it developed in Harlem so she kind of moved it on a bit and popularised it but it was a big thing in Harlem already That's really interesting yeah Vogue has another history entirely there was loads of history in Vogue so (laughs) 
keep listening. Um, <laughs> but this particular history might have landed you in court. So as a very famous brand, Vogue magazine keeps an eye on enterprises that use similar names, you know, and their lawyers leapt into action in uh, 2022 when they noticed the star in Vogue being registered at Company's House in UK, which is where you register new businesses and stuff. And the star in is a pub in the village of Vogue in Cornwall. And mm. it had no intention of joining the fashion industry. But uh, they also believed that they had the first claim to the name, no matter what the magazine thought or what Madonna Madonna might have to say. And they did note Madonna never asked their permission for using oh, wow. the song. <laughs> I thought it was a bit cheeky. Yeah. So Vogue is a very small village and it has had the same name since medieval times. So it definitely predates the magazines. Uh, but the name Vogue in this case isn't English. It's Cornish, which is a completely different language. And it means a smelting house or furnace because Vogue means fog in Cornish. So like the smoke and fumes that come from a smelting house when you melt down metals because yeah. they do tin mining and stuff in Cornwall. And that made perfect sense because the village had been the location of mining activities for hundreds of years. So they pointed all of this out in very good humour. You'll find the letter online if you go looking. Uh, from the owners of the 200-year-old pub to the multinational publishers and their lawyers. <laughs> I love and it. basically, we had the name first. It's not English, it's Cornish. <laughs> Madonna didn't ask us either. And is it OK, we're going to keep using it kind of thing. So apparently it was all settled amicably. Nobody ended up <laughs> being thrown in jail or fined. And they did admit, yeah, OK, fair enough. Let's just use it differently. Yeah, far from glamorous, you know, smelting and fog and everything. I don't think Vogue magazine would want to be associated with anything I don't like that. think so, but I kind of feel like they should go and do a photo shoot yes. at the pub. Do you not think so? I think so. I think that would be very cool. Let's have the contrast with the pub and like this kind of high fashion moment. Loving yeah. that. Loving that. That is absolutely brilliant. Uh, moving on now to Zany, which you are, Grace. You know, oh, you are quite thanks. zany. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take that. However, I d sort of don't qualify. However, oh. if anybody anybody listening is called John or Jack, they should definitely listen to the history of Zany. Oh. Um, so Zany uh, apparently is defined as amusingly unconventional and idiosyncratic. So I'll take that as a description. Yeah, yeah. Thanks very much. Uh, you might also like a Zany sitcom or that kind of thing. So it entered English in the late 1500s to mean a comic performer. It came from the French word zany, slightly different spelling, and before that from Italian zany, again, slightly different spelling, both of which referred to a clown. But the word zany was originally a person's name. In Venice, this was their word for Gianni, which is a shortened form, form of Giovanni. Now, Giovanni is the Italian for John. So the closest equivalent in English for Zany or Gianni would be Jack. So if oh. you're Jack or John, you're Zany, literally. I love it. Right? So they just took the name. And that's because it was a character in the Commedia dell'arte, uh, which is a particular type of theatre from the 1500s in Italy and spread across Europe. It was comedy focused. It's where we get the characters like Harlequin come yeah. from the same thing. So they use stock uh, characters. Lots of improvisation, the wearing of masks, and it was a big influence on Punch and Judy shows and pantomimes as they developed over the centuries. But Zany, the character, was a clever servant and a trickster. So he mimicked the other characters and probably dates back as far as 1300. So it's a really old yeah. character. 
But two facts I found out about Zany I absolutely loved. Number one, the longer the nose on his mask, the mm-hmm. more foolish he was. Love it. <laughs> I just like that idea. <laughs> A real Pinocchio, but even funnier um, and predating Pin- Pinocchio. And number two, he was constantly hungry. So I guess oh. he was always trying to steal food off the other characters and taking the mick out of them. He sounds hilarious. But the idea of a zany being a foolish person or a clown with wild movements and strange ideas gives us the modern meaning of zany humour and style. But particularly if your name is Jack or John. There you go, Jackson Johns. You've got something really cool to say about your name now at parties, which is what we always have included in Word Fillery. There's always something that we have. Uh, so moving on now. Oh, not so nice. Bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I was actually tempted to do this in January when we're all feeling a bit poor. <laughs> Listen, it <laughs> takes I, us till March. You know what I mean? Like uh, the Christmas. It can, can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, I'm not making any comments on my finances. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, but hopefully today my might be a payday for a few people. So this this might work out in a more happy sense. Um, so it's a two-part tale for bankrupt. And it's another word that comes from sunny Italy. So the first part, bank, comes from the Italian word banca, which refers not to a bank, but to a bench or to a money dealer's table. Mm. So you need to have sort of a bit, it wouldn't really work in Ireland on a wet day, right? Mm. <laughs> but you can imagine it catching on in Rome during the summer, that they're out at their bench and people come to them and say, I want to borrow money and they lend it or they pay it back. Like their office was outside nice. on a bench and your bench was your banker. Um, it certainly has echoes of the biblical tale of Jesus disrupting the bankers at the temple yes. and tipping over their benches and their tables. So it's that kind of idea. Then rupt is the second part, obviously, of the word. It's a little bit more fun. It comes from medieval Latin ruptus, which means broken, and from the verb rumpura, to break. So you'll find it in several other English words. So you've got rupture, breaking things, an abrupt end or an abrupt leaving of something. You're breaking off the conversation. And funnily enough, corrupt. You know, we're not making any comments about (laughs) bankruptcy or bankers. We just let that one sit there. Yeah, yeah. We're just putting that one on the shelf, okay? (laughs) However, there is another little story about the bankers. So Dr. Johnson, who wrote a very famous and original English dictionary, he tells a tale in it about an Italian banker having his bench, his banker, broken when he ran out of money a literal Mm. bankruptcy but it is quite uncertain if that's actually true but I like the idea of if the bankers messed up that you could go in and just break their bench probably bash them with it a little bit I don't know maybe that's a bit cruel but you know we don't we don't approve of that in modern day society we're very much harking back to Yes, yes, that's history. That's history. History, we absolutely. Do that. And they have security guards. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to be taken nonsense. out straight away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on to dissectologist, who, which I presume is just an expert in dissecting things. Yes. Well, you see, that's what I thought yeah. as well. I nearly put this one down as a mystery word, oh. to be perfectly honest. But anyway, I thought it might have been too obvious. Not odd enough. Um, you know, I like no to quacker water. It's no quacker water. <laughs> No, no. We've got to make it tough, like, but not impossible. Um, anyway, I found this word in a book I read recently. So it's The Body of Truth by uh, Dr. Marie Casti, you know, the former yes. state pathologist. Mm. And I'm not surprised she likes the word because she probably came across and thought, oh, this is about dissecting as well. But it has got nothing to do with dissecting mm. bodies at all. However, thank you, Marie Casti, for the word. Um, so it was submitted to the Collins Dictionary for possible addition to the dictionary in 2022. So, and is currently being monitored for evidence of usage. So this is a different stage, like a 
they'll research the word and then work out if it's being used enough. And if it is used enough, then they put it in the dictionary. So this means we could potentially add it on. And Marie Casti is using it. So I say we should join her. She's yep. handy with the scalpel. Let's stay on her good side. You know, <laughs> I, I just think she's a good woman to have in your back pocket, so to speak. However, we do need to know what it means. So it is a jigsaw puzzle enthusiast. Oh, I know a few of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I have my moments. I always do one at Christmas. Um, so apparently I'm a dissectologist. And if you're really keen, there is a, a little hobbyist uh, organization that has members worldwide, which you could join, which is the Benevolent Confraternity of Dissectologists. Oh, that has you written all over it, Grace. <laughs> it, does, doesn't it? <laughs> it really, it really does. does. And they're really active. I oh. had a good look at their website. They've loads of stuff up there. So if you're interested, get onto it. Um, <laughs> But uh, anyway, so the word, so the verb dissect entered English around 1600s to describe the action of cutting into pieces. So that's how we get dissections, obviously. Uh, it came from Latin dissectus, where dis means apart and secare is the verb to cut. So cut apart. It's very straightforward. When it arrived in English, it was all about science. It was about cutting up plants or animals to study their structure and to diagnose diseases and health medicine. Then later on, there's a more figurative idea of dissecting an argument point by point, you know, if you really want to take apart somebody's argument. But dissectologist comes from the original name of jigsaw puzzles. So they came out in the late 1700s and they were called dissected maps Ooh. because they were maps that were cut apart. They were wooden maps that could be broken up into sections to teach geography to students. Do you remember the kind of maps where it would be like each piece would yeah, be a country different and, colors together and, stuff. and you'd yeah, have yeah. Europe or the world? They go way back. Wow. And, then, and they're the start of Jigsaw. So over time, other pictures were used on the top and then they became the Jigsaws that we know and love today. There you go. Dissectologist, you can put that on a CV and people, people will you in the could. hobby section, mm. in the hobby section. In the hobby section, like if you put it down as a skill, there'll be some questions asked, I would say. Yes, I absolutely love that. Absolutely nothing to do with dissecting. Fantastic. OK, moving to Quacker Wadger, this wonderful mystery word. Is it, you know, when dogs meet um, out and about and they start growling and walking around each other? Is that Quacker Wadging, maybe? Yeah. Yes, love that suggestion. Really good. Um is it for anyone who has the new... Oh, yeah. You know, this is like a little bit of product placement now, I'm going to say. You know, that, that uh, it's called Quaker tap. It's the tap that's just hot water instantly. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So she says, is it when it's dripping? So you have to push something up to stop your quacker. It's a quacker wadger that you stuff up in there. Trina in Dunlear. Very good. We like that yeah. very much. Well yeah, done. She's on the ball. I had forgotten about those yeah. taps. Yeah. Someone else saying, is it like a quarter of some kind of sweets? Interesting. Interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, it sounds like something Jonathan Ross would say to someone called Roger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not fair. You can't help it. <laughs> uh, stumped with this one, says Wendy. Uh, could it be the name for the person that feeds you after a boozy night out because you always kind of feel like a bit of a quack? <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's always boozy nights out that p- appear in the mystery words. You know what I mean with you guys. I don't know what I it is. I think that tells us a lot. It about tells us a lot about listeners. And, and like it's half twelve, where they only get enough now. <laughs> that would be the question. I did like this as well from earlier on from Flame and Eamon, a lodger that doesn't pay his rent. So put us in for misery. What is a quacker wadger? Great suggestions, everybody. Again, thank you very much. They're awesome. <laughs> okay. 
you may have actually sort of seen one of these. So bear with me and do a bit of a mental image. Okay. Have you ever had or seen a wooden child's toy? It's a a little figure. I have one. I think it's a Santa or a, a reindeer. It's a Christmas one. Yeah. And there's a string hangs down from the bottom. When you pull the string, it's connected to the arms and legs and they jerk upwards in a sudden movement. Yes, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you you vaguely know. uh, Hopefully other people know. Was it kind of on, uh, you know, on the 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 opening theme of Bosco and you can make them out of paper and they kind of go up and down as well. Is that is it that vibe you're talking about? You could absolutely make one of these at home. Okay, sort of thing I did with the kids when they were little. Anyway. That's actually a quacker watch, right? (laughs) Um, But bear with me, there's more to it. So they go back hundreds of years because they're a fairly simple, like little toy that you can make for a child. And if you're handy with woodwork, you might carve one for your grandchild or whatever, right? So they go back ages. But since the 1800s, the word itself became British slang for a politician whose strings were being pulled by somebody else. So they weren't acting for their voters or their political beliefs or their, you know, what they say they're going to do. But at the behest of influential donors or lobbyists or other groups. Um, And sadly, of course, this can still be a problem in modern times with certain politicians. Um, But yeah, so basically they're having strings pulled by somebody else and it's controlling their movements. They're a quacker watcher. That is brilliant. So now when they come around the doors for the local election, you can just put that in there. Listen, I hope that, you know, you're going to be true to yourself and not be a quacker watch. And they'll be like, what now? <laughs> Bamboozle them at the door. Foolery, then you'd know when you were being slagged off. That's yes, the thing. that is the thing. Grace, as always, thank you so much for all of those fascinating stories about, uh, our, about words that we use every day and words that we definitely need to be using more often. Thank you so much for joining us. You're very welcome. Talk to you again soon. Talk to you soon. Wordfoolery.wordpress.com That's where you will find Grace's blog, her musings on words and different things and her writing and her books and everything are all available there. The 11 to 1 show. There's Brian Kennedy, a better man. Music from Dua Lipa on the way right after the jobs. LMFM Job Search. With thanks to LMFM Online. Check out the latest Northeast news, sport, and entertainment on LMFM.ie. Mead County Council require retained firefighters for Ashburn and Shockland, Kells, Navin, Knobber, Oldcastle, and Trim fire stations. For details, check out mead.ie forward slash jobs. Progressive genetics in Enfield require a courier to, to cover the Leinster area. Experience in transportation and the handling of liquid nitrogen is favourable, but not essential as full training will be provided. To apply, you can email jobs at progressivegenetics.ie. Fiona Ferry Psychic Medium requires a personal assistant for the Dundalk area. Experience in diary management is essential. To apply, please email your CV to Fiona. She's fionaferry at gmail.com. So it's Fiona and then F-A-E-R-Y at gmail.com. Don't forget all the details of those jobs can be found on our local job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search. Here we go. Hey, it's Dear Lipa. Baby, give it to me. On my station. LMFM Radio. I come and I go. Catch me or I go. Houdini. 
Dulipa Houdini. What is it with celebrities turning their hand to running football clubs? Yes, unlikely stars are now going to be doing what Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney's did with Welcome to Wrexham. Details of that on the way. The 11 to 1 show. If you loved Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney's Welcome to Wrexham docu-series, well, there's news with regards. I don't know if it's good news with regards to this. I'm, yeah, I don't know. I think this might flop. Anyway, I'm hoping for the football club's sake it's not going to flop. But another show, Charting Celebs, turning their hands to running a football club will be soon on the way. So this time, it's the stars of Boyzone. Yeah. Shane Lynch, I'm not sure Ronan Keating, Keating is involved in this, and Keith Duffy, as well as Westlife's uh, Brian McFadden. They've splashed out on a club with the lads recently having purchased Chorley football club in Lancashire in the UK. So they're going to be uh, filming a documentary. They were speaking to The Sun and Shane said we're starting to film a documentary. It's about getting the club into a financially successful place, get the players paid well and get the whole town back in love with one of the oldest football clubs in the world. So he was talking about Ryan and and Rob and their, you know, I suppose journey and he said they had a big stadium, they've off some stuff, Uh, we're nowhere near that, we are way down in the leagues, we're a humble hand-to-mouth club. So he says... um, Brian actually McFadden says uh, that Shane's business partner bought the club and asked them to get involved. He said that Shane then reached out to him and Keith as their big football fans. So there you go. I don't know if it has the same ring. Welcome to Wrexham is like better. You know, I don't know what they're going to do for Chorley Football Club. But anyway, there there you are. The stars of Boys Own buying a football club. Can they turn their fortunes around? We'll have to wait and see. There's Boyzone, no matter what. Tomorrow on the show, Denise Wogan, intuitive eating counsellor, will be back with us. This week is Eating Disorder Awareness Week, so she's going to be chatting all around that. That is my lot on the show for today. Thank you so much for your company. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, and I'll chat to you again tomorrow. Listen back to the 11 to 1 show podcast on lmfm.ie or the LMFM app.